losing, you gotta have faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's believing where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and our faith and belief in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's goodness in all of us. There's goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is the 22nd of September. We have the gang here. So, uh, happy fall. Happy fall. It's the first day of fall? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, actually, I think yesterday the 21st was. Okay. Yeah. I see the 21st is the 21st. Which here in San Francisco, for those of you who aren't familiar with our weather, is our summer. Exactly. <laughs> Although it has to be just for summer at all. <laughs> it's nice and beautiful yeah. outside. So today we're going to talk on messianic things. We're going to jump into movies and literature that uh, has messianic, Jesus-like themes in it, although it's not overtly Christian. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, why and how. And it should be a fun podcast. Yeah, so this kind of, we, when we started last week talking about God in, in our popular culture, we wanted to also talk about messianic themes, but it was just too much content. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about it here. Uh, let me open this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we truly thank you so much for waking us up this Saturday morning and um, to motivate us to speak more about you and how much we love you and how much you motivate us and how you motivate um, literature and film and movies and, um, and uh, television and even music um, through your word. We want to uplift your name. We want to uplift um, how much, how good you've been to us and the sacrifice that you've made for us and what we can do to, uh, to uplift your name and to spread goodness throughout the world through you. We ask that everything that we say and we do is motivated by the love that we, uh, that we have of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alrighty. <coughs> Where so, should we start? <laughs> well, I made a list, um, and because this is something that I sort of um, created or thought about. Messianic themes, and um, I can go through, well, I guess I'll go through the How the about tropes. we show, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, yes, uh, thank you. the trope. Thank you. And actually, if you go to tvtropes.com, it has also a, um, a sort of a, a definition of what messianic archetypes are. When Yours, I think, follows it pretty well. Yeah, I think it does. I'll read both. Uh, on the tvtropes.com website, it says, when the word Messiah has different, wow, the word Messiah has different meanings in different cultures. And there have been dozens of claimants to the title, according to Wikipedia. For most Western intents and purposes, the term has been hijacked by <laughs> Jesus, with Jesus <laughs> becoming the trope maker. In media, the mess- messianic archetype is a character whose role in the story, but not necessarily personality, echoes that of Christ. They are portrayed as a savior, where the thing they are saving is a person, a lot of people, or the whole of humanity. They endure a sizable sacrifice as the meaning of bringing that salvation about for other people, a fate they do not deserve, up to and including death, or a fate far worse than death. Um, and it has other uh, little elements 
elements. No, I like these elements. So this yeah, the elements. goes to your list, right? So the, the elements of the Messianic theme, according to TVTropes.com, are the chosen one, true companions who follow him, betrayal uh, by one of those followers, persecution by non-believers, crucified hero shot, or other parallels to the passion play, figurative or literal resurrection, a second coming, or the initials J.C., I think it's interesting they called out the initials JC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, thought, I can't remember. I'd have to, like, go track yeah. through some of the <laughs> character <laughs> names and things. Right, exactly. And here are the tropes that I've written down, what I think are um, divine birth, especially from the skies, someone who comes from the skies, usually not human, or they are human, but they have special abilities. A person who does not know their abilities who have, who have been or has to be trained to use their abilities. Someone must learn humility and the concept of sacrifice. The person must be spiritually pure to tap into their hidden strengths. The antagonist is one that has to be defeated only by the protagonist. The love interest marvels at the protagonist rather than it being a balanced relationship with equal partners. Usually the protagonist eschews love, pushes away love, to remain pure. The world is skeptical, but eventually watches... Uh, the protagonist hoping that he will achieve victory. The protagonist must overcome their fears of the antagonist and even overcome fears of death. And the protagonist eventually accepts his fate to die for the sake of others. So there may be others, but those are the ones that I thought. And they may or may not die, but they accept that they may, <coughs> that may, that's their, their sacrifice may be that. Exactly. Um, whatever joys or whatever pleasures there are in life, the person pushes it away to the rem- remain pure. And usually the protagonist is always a man. Yeah. There are very few female uh, Jesse, uh, messianic figures. Hmm. Well, although yeah. Star Wars, the Last Jedi, Ray, maybe. The new ones. The new messianic Yeah, figure. but yeah. traditionally you don't see exactly. in our culture a lot of female messianic characters. Well, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it should Men be. write the stories. I know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> weird, like, <laughs> unusual. I'd be like, well, that's... that's should be that it's, way. It's why, why, unbalanced. Why, why is that the case? It's unbalanced. Yeah. 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 Rip, Ripley may be... Ripley Ripley's the first, like, be, uh, strong female. Because yeah. yeah. in Alien 3, she does so we're just sacrifice about. herself and then resurrect herself yeah. to, to kill the alien. Oh, yeah. So I can go through the list, or yeah. I can also go through sort of the history, because we talked during breakfast time, the history of, I guess, literature and Christianity in America. Yeah, talk, why don't you talk a little bit about that, just to give folks a little background. Yeah, I, so I've talked beforehand about, um, yeah, I've talked a little bit about um, the four great awakenings, um, the Christian revivals that we've had in America throughout the years. The first one began uh, during the Puritan uh, period, where the colonials came aboard, came, came here to America. Before it was the United States, and John Edwards, I think, was the prominent preacher who preached sinners in the hands of an angry God talking about a, a, a God that will punish you and will even kill you and send you to hell if you disobeyed him. And the purpose of this speech was to scare the living hell out of you. I think they still use that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> some some yeah, folks. Kind of still and I think the byproduct of that were the Salem witch hunts, you yeah. know, trying to destroy evil, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, the second great awakening was more uh, a connection of God and Jesus to nature how you can have a personal relationship with God. In other words, you didn't have to necessarily go to the church or go through, can have a connection with Christianity through the preacher. What time frame is that one? 
this would have been uh, around the early, I want to say the, the early line. 1700s, no. going through um, really 1820. And it even blended into the abolitionist period. Well, it seems like th- some of that is just, you know, we were talking about mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, it seems like it goes through cycles of, uh, yes. of that. You know, we, uh, I think, Deb, you brought up, like, everybody wishes for the good old days, and the good old days never really happened. It's just this kind of cycle of, mm-hmm. you know, this conflict in society between the God of law mm-hmm. and the God of love. Yes. You know, in Old Testament and New Testament. Well, that's, that's kind of, but that's kind of, it seems like there's mm-hmm. this kind of divide between the two and this discontinuity. What I was bringing up is like when the early Christian church was established, there was not this kind of idea of discontinuity. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, here's the God of love adding to yeah, exactly. The God that's, of and law. that's why Jesus came. Exactly. Yeah, in order to kind of embellish what was all what was the law. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. And I think you know America in trying to come to grips with, and I think England as well. That's why you had the Reformation period <laughs> yeah. and Martin Luther and others, Calvinism, uh-huh. to say what is our relationship with God. Uh-huh. And in America, especially especially during the uh, the abolitionist period which would have been 1820, 1830, mm-hmm. all the way up to the Civil War, where preachers are saying, hey, how can we call ourselves Christians and have slaves? Mm-hmm. There's, there's something incompatible to that. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that can was sort of kicked, kicked all the way until someone's like, hey, listen, we, this – We've got to do something about this. All the way until that the, took a really long time. All, to all, LBJ, all until LBJ, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting to all that the right way now. through that. You know? I'm, I'm getting to that. Yeah. So the Third Great Awakening, which happened, or I would say, 1880, all the way up to probably 1920, is activism, where you have people like Carrie Nation, and um, I can even say Susan B. Anthony, because you know, I think the uh, the the, uh, the suffrage movement yeah. ties into that. Plus, there was this big discrepancy between the rich and the poor. And oh, the absolutely. And, 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 That's and, exactly and, right. And, 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 the, and the people in power. And That's exactly right. Their, their class struggle was, yeah. was occurring. Because immediately after the Civil War, you had the, uh, the second Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. where uh, it, 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 you know, we had the light bulb, we had the introduction to electricity. Um, we had the um, the working model, you know, the president and the CEO. And the yeah, and right, back to spiritual awakening. I know. I know. We're drifting away. <laughs> we're drifting away. How did we get yeah. to the messianic? Yeah. So the Third Great Awakening dealt with uh, activism. Um, people saying, listen, let's get out of the church and let's actually use the word of God into our daily lives. Let's stop people. Let's, there were people who protested, protested drinking. They created the Salvation Army. They created um, the um, YMCA, the Young Lands Christian Association, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts. Activism. Let's take the Word of God and let's put it out in the streets and let's let's use it. Let's let's you know do that. Now the Fourth Great Awakening, which ta- which gets into the 1960s, um, that was where, and we talked about it last um, the last podcast. That was where the religious right sort of took over, the PTL club. Mm-hmm. That was when, you know, in, in the turn of the century, you had the, I think they call it the Chiquata Tense, the basically tent revivalism. Yeah. And Billy Graham took that and put it into the radio. And then television came. 
and that sort of dominated. And that sort of ties into the messianic movies that we're talking about right now. Well, maybe we're in another new awakening where, mm-hmm. I think we were kind of alluding to this at breakfast, is where people don't believe in the institutions of religion. No, yeah, churches but they crave, they're exactly. craving and faith. Yet, and now we're very skeptical about Catholics and yeah. evangelicals. And, you know, Absolutely. Just what do they stand for? It doesn't seem like they're standing for mm-hmm. the ideas of Christianity. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think know. that's why we're seeing so many messianic themes in our culture. Yeah. yeah, I think people are getting their religion, air quotes, through movies and television. Yeah, exactly. They're getting this yeah. dose of spirituality and that need to connect to something mystical yes. through, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. You know, and through not, through fiction. So we see a lot of it in sci-fi, but on your, all your list has a lot of non-sci-fi stuff too, right? Exactly. And before I get into the list, there were a bunch of movies that happened during the 50s, even the late 40s. Uh, and we know a lot of them. Um, the Ten Commandments, uh, Ben-Hur, uh, The, the Greatest Story Ever Told. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones. Um, I can't that are very to I the Spartacus book. Yeah, exactly, the which were very, the and it was very, very, very um, conservative. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, around this time you had who at the House of American Activities Committee, you had um, the uh, the McCarthyism, yep. uh, the Red oh, Scare. Exactly. So I think people were like, well, the world is scary, and also yet the rise of rock and roll, which conservatives recoiled. Oh, my so God, scary. there's, there's uh, <laughs> the youth are out of control. There's Elvis shaking his ass. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Devil music. music right? yeah, devil music. Yeah. So there was this need of, hey, let's create this. Let's create this, you know, universe within ourselves to protect ourselves from the outside world, and where we have good Christian American values, and I think that created the religious right. Well, they're trying to do it again. We're trying to build a wall, exactly. You know, and so that's where those early movies came from. But I think these movies that we have right here are we have uh, writers, screenwriters, taking these messianic themes but applying it to everyday life. Mm-hmm. And sprinkling these messianic themes, like our, the first one on my list is Cool Hand Luke. I haven't actually seen this one. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to see this. Stretch a little bit because I've seen it. And it's yeah. I don't really get the messianic. Well, thing, there's so, a, uh, so it, it is kind of a. It reminds me a lot of Shawshank Redemption, and, and I think Shawshank has some messianic themes as well. But Cool Hand Luke is a guy, Paul Newman, who is arrested, he eats a lot of eggs. And uh, he, he is uh, tortured in this chain gang. And they're trying to break him. They're trying to break this guy. Yeah. But he has so much goodness in him that he won't be broken. And he actually changes people. The people well, he he's the gang. Right. So and and you're right. That's you, a weird example. That last scene mm-hmm. is very crucifixion. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. he does get tortured. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So I'm not listening. Um, cool Hand Luke curses God for his plight. Mocks God and his mother dies in that scene as if you know this is what happens when you when you go against God. Most most messianic characters lose a family member and yeah. or a loved mm-hmm. one. And it reminds you a little bit of Moses. You know, Moses sort of is like you know, or and Job, even, or Job even, even yeah. right? Well, Jesus even says, you know, my God, why have you forsaken yeah. me? I forget what uh, verse that is. Um, cool hand, Luke, persecution that affects others. Taking on the pain so that others won't. So you get the sense that Cool Hand Luke, when he dies, he's taking on the pain from the um, his um, the the uh, the guards mm-hmm. that others will not oh, yeah. take on. And that Green Mile, that that says that. Well, Green Mile, that's also on my yeah, list as yeah. well. Yeah. Also, uh, the Longest Yard, where um, uh, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. 
he he sort of takes on punishment from the gods as well. Yes, he does. <laughs> Although that's more football. <laughs> that's my favorite football movie. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, the end scene of Cool Hand Luke. He is his picture is superposed over a crossroads, which represents the cross. Uh, which represents Christianity and yeah. the crucifixion. So there's Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on Cool Hand Luke before I go on? <laughs> no, I think I think. I, th- I can see it now. Like, I, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a while. But it's 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 one of the iconic movies when you take a film class. Yeah. That mm-hmm. they force you to watch. Yeah, I just remember that one line. <laughs> what we have here is a Exactly. But yeah, but Cool Man Luke, along with Shawshank Redemption, another individual who Lots was of prison arrested. movies. There are lots of prison yeah. movies where someone is has been arrested. Maybe they did the crime, or maybe they, they didn't do the crime, but they're being but unfairly they punished, and, and they, they get redeemed, yeah. and others get redeemed. But they have this, yes, they're, and they're get imbued with this them. desire or ability to wrestle with this authority. Yes. You know, their universe, they're going to change it. Yeah. You know, As if the guards are Pharisees, yeah. who are supposedly yeah. of yeah. the law. Of the law. Yeah. But yeah. this person God's love is far more pure. Yeah. You know, combat that. Or and he always saves someone else. You're exactly, right. exactly. So Shawshank, so thank you, Bruce, and Cool Hand Luke, they all go there. So that was in 1967. That's kind of the start of exactly. seeing this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 77, we have Star Wars. Every one of you knows that this, this <laughs> is a Jesus story. Skywalker. That's where, you, that's where <laughs> everyone gets, gets their idea of spirituality. <laughs> exactly. And good and evil and right and wrong. For right? 30 years, this is how people have learned their faith. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I talked about being part of, when I was in NYU, my first year, I was part of a group called the um, Solid Rock Christian Fellowship. And we talked about Star Wars all the time, how the force represents the Holy Spirit. You know, actually, they come out and show this on TV at Christmas time. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They do? Yeah. Well, I think they have. It just seems like it's on all the time. I don't know. I didn't recognize this season. Yeah. It used to be the Wizard of Oz. But there are very overtly messianic There's a prophecy. There's a prophecy. There's um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who represents John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, the father figure. Yeah, the father figure. I think when we were talking about this, the biggest question was like, you know, not a question really, but just a, a point of discussion is like, why do you think even people who aren't necessarily religious, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, why do they embrace and and really kind of emotionally identify with the, these messianic things in Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's real important to some people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like they couldn't live without that, the belief that, yes, mm-hmm. there is a force, and, yes, yeah. it moves throughout they, us. Because they want, every, I think, yes. that it's because they want connection. They want to believe that there, we are all connected by the force, a force. Is need, and it's easier to believe that in this fantasy yeah. yes, than to embrace, like, a dogma. Yeah. But they also want to believe that good will will prevail over yeah. evil. Hey, you know, I just thought about something. The whole cosplay thing. I mean, people are into cosplay all the time. Yeah. I think it began with Star Wars. Yeah, probably. Oh, and I think people wanted or to. Or Trekkies or whatever. Or, or, it became, yes. or it became okay. It, I guess it became okay. <laughs> people were probably doing it in their homes. It's still not okay. It's still not okay. <laughs> I just want to say But I believe you're right, Craig. And, you know, people want to, they want to believe in this force and this goodness in yeah, the world. I do. And in the universe, even. That they, they really do embrace it. So Luke is blatantly messianic. He was foretold to be the one to set the universe right. Even born on a, you know, a desert, almost a manger. Yeah. You know, taken away. You know, they try to, um, I think, uh, I think uh, in episode four, 
I'm sorry, episode one, the fourth movie, episode one. I think, uh, so Leia, I'm sorry, um, Am- the woman, Amadal, gives birth to Amidala. twins, and they have to hide Luke, because I think Luke is about to be killed. Because of the prophecy. Because of the prophecy, yeah. which is very reminiscent to... Was um, he kind of a reluctant... Herod. Was he kind of a reluctant Messiah? They're course. all reluctant. They're Nobody all is all like, <laughs> hey, okay. it's I'm me. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of all of you, and I'm going to die for you. Yeah. Nobody says that. <laughs> and he was a farm boy. Luke was a farm was a, boy. A just common, like, just like common Jesus. man. Yeah. Reluctant, reluctant heroes. Yeah. And, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, even the final scene where, you know, like he speaks to... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, although Obi is dead, <clears throat> connecting to the Holy Spirit. And you, know, you get a sense that Luke is still connected to the Spirit. Well, yeah, he's, ga- he's gained all that knowledge, and I guess. Is, you know, yeah. Uh, One of the th- things I love about the Star Wars thing is that they still try to make Darth Vader like, they still, they're still like, the we fallen. know there's good in you. Yeah, the fallen angel. We know there's good. Yeah. Because he's he was supposed the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which goes into, um, yeah, the, the whole fallen angel who was Satan, you know, Satan. Was fallen Let's angel. talk about the Force a little bit. The Force. Well, it's the Holy Spirit we just saw. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I think there is a connection. I mean, so in the one thing that disappointed me with the newer Star Wars movies is that they introduced the idea of microchloridians. And they're saying that, you know, like, <laughs> it takes, like, a certain DNA to have the Force. And I, I really rejected that. The first three movies talked about That's a quite old mystery. I, I reject it, too. All things <laughs> and all people, and it flows through yes. all things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and Father Justin has a teen movie night. They're always doing Lord of the Rings and, mm-hmm. and, and oh, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, yeah. there's that magic, mystical, Holy Spirit type thing throughout all that. Too. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're right. I don't know why they introduced that only a select few thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that George Lucas, I mean, it's my personal opinion that George Lucas sort of lost focus. And it happens. But he kind know, of I, let it go uh, to, yeah. to Disney. Because, you know, you have a filmmaker who makes a movie. He has no idea that it's going to become a series. And all of his great ideas sort of, oh, my God, I, now I have to create an origin for Vader. And I have to create an origin for the Force. And what do I do? And a lot of the initial ideas sort of go out of the way. Well, wasn't the inspiration that didn't it come from, like, uh, like Joseph Campbell? Joseph Campbell, and, yeah. Yeah, uh, Carl Young. And in Buddhism, yeah, yeah, he kind of like took a bunch of different kind Absolutely. of kind of you know religion re- religiosity ideas and kind of well the, the Jungian cos- cosmology yeah. and Buddhism kind of worked it into that thing. Oh, I was also thinking Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh yeah, yeah, where Richard Dreyfuss even like choose the scenery like it's like cabbage or, or cheese and the, uh, the mashed potatoes. The mashed potato. You know, he has this vision. And and nobody believes it. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, he, and he sacrifices everything to, yeah. to be abducted by aliens or something. I well, I, I wanted to go back to the Force because I feel like I mm-hmm. see, like you were saying, magic. The magic. Magic, or, the Force is, yeah, is always in these stories somehow. Yeah, and um, I, just wrote, I just brought up Acts 2, Chapter 1. Yeah. When the day of the Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly... There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So. If that happened to me when I was in a room with you guys, I think I was having an acid flashback. I've always wanted to learn another language. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the power of the Holy Spirit and just, you know, that, that idea of, um, of just having, you know, something distinct. And it reminds me so much of the Force. I mean, well, we, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, we desire it. I mean, when I went and first saw Star Wars, I mean, I was in it. Yeah. It was happening to me. I felt the force. Of course, I was in my seat. <laughs> I sat in the front row because I was yeah. little and I didn't want to have to yeah. look over somebody's head. You know? yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it does that. It, it, yeah. it does that to people. You know, you you do the things about movies and books and yeah. things as if they do hit you on that emotional level. Yeah, a lot more than like sitting in church. Are there yeah, actual verses that say right. like we're all connected? Like, uh, let's. I'm just wondering. I'll, I'll check that out. While, well, while I'm checking it out, um, we'll the talk next about thing, some other ones. Yeah. Um, Superman. Well, Superman is, is, I think, there there are a lot of overtly messianic things about Superman. There's so many versions of Superman. Mm-hmm. Underdog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> underdog. I remember Underdog. <laughs> he was like a Superman, yeah. sort of. But yeah, Superman. He's, Superman. he's, he's a, all by himself. He's a loner. <laughs> he doesn't have apostles so much except for Jim. Speed, flight, Jim, the, the photography the guy. Um, but he does sacrifice things that he wants mm-hmm. in order to be the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hides. He, he, has he a, He's a hidden yeah. Christ, not an overall one. He disguises himself as a normal person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So First John, third chapter, one and two says, "Beloved, we are all, we are God's children now." And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. I'm not sure if that's, I mean, it's... I'm going to do some research. Do some I'm research. just wondering about, because I think we often, the three of us, talk about how con- our connections and community and how connected we are. Yeah. And, and we see those themes also in some of these things we're talking about now. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just wondering yeah. if but Jesus ever says anything yeah. like that. But getting to but Superman, so Superman comes from above. Um, from Krypton, but, you know, it could be heaven. Yeah. Um, he is pure. He is, you know, uh, I think John and uh, uh, Martha Kent are farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they have they the farm are. theme, the manger. He is um, isolated from everyone. Uh, in other words, they, they keep him away from them. And they tell him, listen, don't reveal your true strengths and all of that stuff. Yeah, didn't Christ say to the apostles, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody for a long, long time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, he has uh, special powers from his origins. Special powers from his origins. Um, there usually is an antagonist that comes from space or whatever that only Superman can destroy. That's the um, there's, some, there's a pureness to Superman that... Truth, justice, and the American way. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's that. Um, but you get a sense that he, he can't enjoy the pleasures that everyone else can. No, he picks up a fork, he bends it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, we're talking about like a oh. family and oh, yeah. a relationship oh, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a love, love Lane, story. You get a sense that Lois Lane is not his equal because he, she can never be his equal. So it can never be a true equal relationship. Yeah. And they never really go from anywhere besides fawning <laughs> over one another. Yeah, they, exactly. they never get married. They yeah. never... Yeah. I think I think they try to, but always there's something going on, and especially this movie. He's yeah, always yeah. saving her. She'll never save him. Yeah. 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 Very unbalanced. And there's very uh, unfortunately there's some misogyny with the movie because you have Margot Kidder, who passed away I think earlier this He's year. Um, she is a she, she's a reporter. She's a wheeler and dealer. She has an independent life, 
And then she hooks up with she hooks up with Superman and she sort of drops all of that. Yeah. She's like, Oh, I'm in love with you and whatever. And she doesn't really know who Clark Kent is and all that stuff. It's not like they, you know. If she can't tell the difference between Superman and Clark Kent, they have so many problems. I had to really swing my disbelief on that yeah. one, too. So Lois Lane reminds me so much of Mary Magdalene, where she more so worships him, but, but, but could really get too close. Yeah. yeah. The love is not really an equal, balanced uh, love. Not, not like in a relationship that, you know, that we would have. So... Um, yeah, so I think I've listed all of that. Let's look at the next one. E.T. Came out in 1982. Can e. you tell we're children of the 80s? <laughs> right, exactly. We love all these movies. Yeah. Non-human being from the skies that rises again. I think E.T. actually dies and sort of resurrects himself. He does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the tent. No, I don't remember. Yeah, it was a funny story. Sad. So I, I went to see E.T. with a friend of mine um, who was also my same age. And my mom took us. And I thought that scene was sort of hilarious. Like when E.T. When he's like, dying oh, in the tent? Yeah, I thought it was sort of stupid. Oh and I looked at my friend. I was like, isn't this stupid? And he had tears in his eyes. I was I like, how can you say that? <laughs> Shut up. Go away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, never mind. Let me, I guess you're, you know, you're connected with this. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it was very emotional for people. I mean, people were really connected. And Steven Spielberg, he's known for injecting emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, a very... Um, Conservative, sort of, you know. You never had For pet, you, you young kids, if you hadn't seen uh, this, you should never have had pets growing up. Well, yeah, I had a dog and the dog died. So, I had a turtle. But what about pets? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like. I would yeah, identify it through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like a little, you know, yeah. like, most like his pet. But he, mm-hmm. he creates miracles. He creates he miracles. And he is going to rise again. And he did rise again. He literally up yep. to in the skies. And he has the followers, the little kids. The followers. Kids. And there is a, uh, a force. There is a, there's a, um, the finger. Well, not, well, yeah, there's a finger. Not, not the force. I'm, I'm talking about outside elements. Um, Law enforcement, law enforcement that are, that are trying to hurt him. Who represent the Pharisees, uh, I would say. Uh, the authorities. Authority yeah. figures. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another messianic thing. The authority figures are always trying to destroy this person before So E.T. E. is the Messiah. Yeah, but exactly. what about the kid? Well, the kid can be an apostle. The kid can be, you know, a, a non-believer who believes. Well, kids, kids, we see we see E.T. through the kids' eyes. So we're exactly. Kid, we're the kids a vehicle for us yeah. to identify with this. I think that's perfect. That's the E.T. thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then two years later, and this is a very sort of, you know, people will be like, what? What are you talking about? Another the Terminator. Kid. Another kid. <laughs> the Terminator, 1984. Now you're like, no, wait a minute. You know, the Terminator can't be Jesus. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but John Connor. Uh, that's right. Unborn John Connor will save the world in the future, hunted by outside forces to prevent the salvation. Divine birth? Question mark. John Connor sends his son slash father to give birth to himself. So who is Kyle Reese represent? Is he God the Father, the Son? Trin- is there a Trinity thing going on? Well, yeah. you know, when Jesus came, I mean, he, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 he embodied the Word. So the Word was all the past, right now, and the future. It was, it was like this on this timeless plane. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at you know Christ in that kind of sense, and, yeah. and the way he was trying to define, you know, his place in mm-hmm. not only you know. I mean, his place in the world was to be 
the Son of Man, to be flesh and blood, to mm-hmm. be visible and somewhat something everyone can identify yeah. with by looking, talking, hearing. Yeah, exactly. You know, but but his true kind of mm-hmm. meaning yes. uh, and it was this timeless character. And so that's where I kind of think the Terminator yeah. fits in because, you know, you see in the past and yeah. in the future. But there's like, always been a debate as to yeah. is Jesus the flesh, the, the physical embodiment of God? Yeah. And... God the Father, God the Son, is is Jesus a version of God? Just like there's always been these movies and books about time travel and just how how screwed up it kind of like, you know, messes with your head and the idea of like, you know, what does that mean? Exactly. So the term ties into this because it, what is Kyle Reese? Is he the disciple of John Connor who John Connor sends or is he the father that gives birth? To John Connor, yeah. and so you have that wonderful, you know, thing. But what's very clear is that the Terminator is sort of like, you know, this once again, this outside force, this force that has to stop this birth, right? To stop. It's a, it's a the one-on-one like time. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like a, a digit. It's almost like a 21st century, a 23rd century version of Herod. Uh, trying okay. to stop the birth of Christ, yeah, right. or Ramesses trying to stop the birth yeah. of Moses. Yeah, yeah. just, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, man is I'm destroying like itself. As the angel Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that works. Man is destroying itself via sin, a la Skynet. Who created Skynet? We did. We Skynet. Oh, well, okay. So, so oh, oh, that's the robot. Right? Exactly. Okay. But we created Skynet. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. Yes. In because 80s, right? in the eighties and oh, the seventies, <laughs> there were a bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah, Planet of the Apes. All you know, that AI. Yeah. You know, we're going to create this. You yeah. know, the computers will do the work for us. Yeah. Oops, yeah. we gave computer way too much power. Now they're destroying yeah. us. There's still a fear of that. That's the Matrix. Exactly. And that's a, that's a, and that is very not necessarily messianic, but there's also the sin is destroying us. Why did Why did Jesus? Why did God have to send Jesus? Because we cannot separate ourselves from our sin. We don't know how to do that. You know, God tried to save us, you know, through Moses and the Ten Commandments and giving us the Word of God. Well, the law was He gave us a choice, and we chose badly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. The law can only go so far. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we needed to have a human embodiment of God uh, to show us the way. And the Terminator sort of shows us that as well. Uh, put pitting humanity against the yeah. machine. Yeah. Which is an embodiment of ourselves because right. we created yeah. the machine. Right. Okay, Doom. Frank so Herbert's yeah. Doom. Or, t- or uh, who's the director who did that? Um, I should know this. I don't know. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Burton. Huh? Well, Debbie Johnson. No, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, it was uh, the, that crazy guy. He has crazy the hair. Crazy guy. Uh, uh, Demi. Huh? Demi. Demi? I don't think so. Oh. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was. Um, sure, we'll look it up. He did Mahone Drive. Maybe, I don't know. This is what I regretted today, because I don't know a hell of a lot about oh. pop culture. But you could research it. David Lynch. Lynch. David Lynch, thank you. Oh, okay. Crazy hair. I think of David we Lynch. We all got crazy hair. His comic is like these. Exactly. You're thinking of Eraserhead. Oh, Eraserhead. Well, yeah, but I think Lynch, Lynch has crazy hair, too. Yeah, he also did a night, nightmare before Christmas. That was Tim Burton. That was Tim Burton. Okay, Tim never mind. Never mind. I don't know. What I'm Two days tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, Dune is blatantly messianic. Paul there Paul Moadi. Crazy? What's this? Paul Atreides. Yeah, yeah. He has a crazy hair too. Paul Atreides is a man who must awaken to set right the universe. 
Uh, have you, you guys have seen Doom, right? Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Paul sees visions of the future. His birth and ascension was foretold. As a matter of fact, he was another one where they tried to stop his birth before it happened. I believe the uh, the Benny Jesuit witches and his and mother was Benny Jesuit witch. That's right. He takes the spice, which can be considered the blood of Christ. He has a sort of baptism where he has to wake up, and he does. And that can be uh, that's when we think about. Um, I wish I, I need to have a Bible verse, but basically, um, when Jesus uh, descends and go, when he is crucified, he goes to hell, uh-huh. and he's tempted by Satan, and he he uh, takes the lost souls and brings them to heaven and then on the third day he rises up again Paul was ready does the same thing but basically he sort of dies taking in the spice the earthworms (laughs) sort of surround him and then he wakes up father uh, you know the the sleeper has awakened yeah Hmm. this one's just so blatant yeah I think Chani his uh, girlfriend wife is sort of a Mary Magdalene and that the setting is so deserty too. And, and it very is. Eastern exactly. In that Which way. is very uh, Moses-like. Um, yeah. The Fremen are in the desert, and the children are, are like the children of Israel. Or the the Har- free men, as you pointed Fremen, out. Free men, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Harkonnens are rich and decadent. Uh-huh. And we even talked during breakfast about the Harkonnens. They are sort of bloated, and they, you know, they have these horrible splotches because they've taken in the spice, but they are not spiritually connected to the spice, so they are sort of bloated. And I, I think about the, the blood of Christ, which is co- considered wine. You know, when during the Last Supper, Jesus has the disciples take in the bread and the wine, but they associate it with the, the flesh and the blood of the Christ. The spiritual journey. Exactly. Whereas those who take in wine without the connection. Just looking for a physical Exactly. Change. They're looking to get wasted. So, so we're just still in the early 80s here. Exactly. And now we move into the 90s. And this is just my list. I mean, you guys may have lists as well. We go into the Matrix. Well, the Matrix is blatant. No, yeah. I've seen. Yeah. And also, there's another movie, Dark City, which came just a oh, little yeah. early in 19, I think, 19, 1998. But the Matrix was so blatant. I mean, I think that, I think of the Dark City as sort of pre-Matrix. Where there were a lot of movies in the 90s, especially during the age of the Internet. Now we're in the age of the Internet, where people are thinking about alternate realities and us living in a digital world. And is the digital world replacing the real world, where people just want to live in their digital world? You know, people who are having, um, like in Japan, um, what, what am I trying to say? They were, they were uh, what you, when, when you were addicted to the Internet. Where, where people d- don't want to leave, uh, they don't want to get out of the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they form an addiction, and then they have to have intervention, and people sort of pull them away from, hey, get out of this digital world, live in the real world. Like The Sims. Any of you played The Sims? I never have. Sure. <laughs> I've seen people play it. Yeah, for hours. It's boring to watch other people do it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> and the RPG games, the role-playing games. I mean, we had video games at this time, the 90s, where it could go on for hours and hours and hours. It's still the 80s yeah. where yeah. you plug in 25 cents and, you know, you're gone out of, you know, maybe after 10 minutes. Yeah, because you're right out of quarter. Yeah, you plug in another quarter. But now you have these consoles where you can play games for hours and hours another and hours. Reality. Another reality. Well, so think that, uh, to, me, yeah. that, to me, that kind of like speaks about you know the kind of thing that we're dealing with today. Yeah. Between you know 
sitting around watching a movie about spirituality exactly. or actually doing something exactly. about it. The Matrix is a prime example of, you know, yeah, you can just you, you can just lay there in some kind of mm-hmm. like fantasy, you know, while you know you just atrophy, yeah. you know, for, for the sake exactly. for, for the sake of feeding robots, sure. or yeah, you can become an activist. And, and fight for what you believe in yeah. and sacrifice. It is, a great, it is a great irony. And where give to others. Exactly. You know, more, you know, yeah. because is you require more yourself. You it's, know? A, it's a great irony. It's the law and the love. It's a great, yeah. it's a great irony that yeah. people will watch a movie and see someone and go through this messy and feels And feel such emotion about yeah. it. Yeah. Instead know? of actually wanting to... Be a part of the messianic, and also be the answer. Well, so, so, well after well, it's over, though, so after it's exactly. over, they say like, oh, "I hope there's a sequel." Yeah, <laughs> let someone else save the day, not me. You know, and so we have Matrix, where we have uh, Neo. Well, this, it's totally messianic. It has tons of scriptures. I Easter never realized eggs. there was so much scripture in it. Yeah, but I can, I can. There, there are more than Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. yeah. Mark three eleven, which is uh, a, a placard on the Nebuchadnezzar. What do I first know this? And whenever the unclean spirits beheld him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. Ha! Neo! Well, that's kind of blatant. Exactly. (laughs) There's even a line where Neo, before he realizes who he is, where he's still John Anderson, he hooks up his friends with some sort of data, some, some, I don't know, some MP3, whatever. He's exchanging discs Mm -hmm. and stuff. And one guy's like, Jesus Christ, man, thank you, you saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little, like, yeah, just like a little Easter egg, like a little plug-in. I think I'd call that a trope. Yeah, exactly, exactly, that is a trope. <laughs> the resurrection of Neo, Neo dies, but he actually resurrects himself, uh, transforms from a Didn't normal man to Superman. He brings Trinity back yeah. to life. The like world's healing. And, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The world's trapped in his own sin. Yeah. Finally, a movie I saw. One of the things I like about this movie is that there's one guy who's like, he's the one. He's the guy. Yeah. That and everyone else is like, yeah. I don't Morpheus. know. Is he the guy? Yeah, Morpheus. Yes, but I mean like. Yeah, exactly. It's well, one you have the Judas guy. That's exactly what uh, I yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah. Cypher. Cypher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like how there's so much back and forth. Is he really the guy? Well, he did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he did this. Yeah. Like, there's this whole It's very much struggle. John the Baptist, where John the Baptist yeah. talked about, yeah. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and no one pays attention. Yeah. Yeah. And just like John the Baptist, who, bapt- who baptizes Jesus, Morpheus sort of baptizes Neo yeah. by taking him through the training. Oh, interesting. Well, even offering him the pill to get him to. Exactly. Giving him the choice. Yeah. Which is very much Christian-like. I mean, you know, Jesus says, listen, you choose. You want to get baptized? You go. Yeah. Wait. Jesus didn't have to be baptized. He wanted to be. He wanted to be. Yeah, he wanted to be. He wanted John to do it. And one of the cool things about the Matrix, Cypher has this wonderful argument. This is the Judas character. Where he says, hey, I'd rather live in my fantasy world and not deal with the reality. I know that the steak isn't real. And exactly. I rather I know the steak isn't real, but I eat it in my mouth. But it feels good. Mm-hmm. I'd rather feel good than to deal with the mess. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't want to be persecuted. Reality sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And that is a very Christian thing that all of us deal with. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every Some more than others. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very cool. Also, the same year, the Green Mile. Yeah, we, yeah, which is another Stephen King, I think, also yes. directed by Steel Spielberg. Yes. Yeah. 
where we have a, a character, Coffee, that's the black guy, also a prison movie. Right. Who is... Um, Imbued with... Yeah. Unjust, unjustly punished. Unjustly punished. Supernatural powers to heal. Unjustly punished for someone else's crime. He accepts death to remove himself from the And he also world. takes on all the exactly. darkness through, yeah. throughout his life. He suffers and is punished. And yeah. And he willingly does it. Exactly. Yeah. And he heals. His gift is that he takes on other people's pain. Mm-hmm. Willingly. Exactly. Yeah. Willingly. Yeah. Exactly. Willingly or just because he, he, he does it, uh-huh. even though he knows it will hurt him. Exactly. But he does it anyway. He yeah. Can, he, can, he can very well say no. I'm not very, very, very kind of But he's Christ, not eager. Very Christ-like, though, yeah. in his behavior. There's a purity to him. And his yeah. little friend, the mouse, you know, how gentle he is. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't the mouse die, and then he brought the mouse yeah, back to life? Yeah, he brought the mouse back. Yeah. So the mouse is Christ. Like, <laughs> well, no. Um, and, of course, the authority figures who punish him. Are very much like Pharisees. Yeah, or like they or say, or no, like, we are the law. Or like taking up his cross. Yeah. yeah. And accusing him of things he didn't do. Exactly. Coffee accepts death to remove himself from an unjust world. Others are affected by his death. Even the lights burn out. That's a little light dies. of mine. Yeah, exactly. We think about when Christ is on the crucifixion or the, on the cross, and there's lightning that you know comes down. And the sun was blotted out. The sun was blotted out. And so you have that overtly messianic the theme of the light burning out. With Green Mile. The Iron Giant. I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen this one either. Well, um, so when I, I, not only did I go through Is it a robot? It's the robot. It's it's an animation. And uh, so I went online and I was like, okay, what are movies that have messianic themes? Mm -hmm. And this one came up. The Iron Giant, he's a non-human being that comes from above. He's actually, so it takes place in the 50s. The uh, Cold War 50s. Okay. There's a media that comes from, uh, from above. And the giant, it comes from the media. No okay. one knows where the giant comes oh. from. Well, that sounds like the day the Earth's too still. It's a similar thing. Very much. Everybody's coming out and everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Does the giant know where he came from? And all they want to well, the giant doesn't speak. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. yeah. And the kid befriends the giant. And it's, it's very much, it, it reminds me so much of Frankenstein, where Frankenstein befriends a child. But everyone is freaked out. Oh, my God, that thing's yeah. going to kill you. And they try to destroy the uh, the giant. He's trying to make a friend. And the giant retaliates by unleashing the weapons that he has and tries to attack people. Oh. It's just less understanding. Yeah. The folks wind up killing the giant, but the giant resurrects himself and goes back to space and says, hey, listen, you guys aren't worthy of my goodness, so to hell with it. So in this case, the Messiah decides we're not worth saving. It's just, Is that right? Hmm. Is that right? Well, not, not I think I saw one of something like this. One of these, it was a Japanese film. Thing. It was called Giant Robot. It may be, it may, it may be, be that, but it was, well, it was like really cheesy. Yeah. And, yeah. and the robot, you know, would hold the little boy in his hand and fly around. You know what? I think it's the same thing. You remember the robot from that? It was horrible. But well, so he tries to save people while he's here. We treat yeah. him badly, and then he leaves. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he he rises up. I mean, for those who yeah, you know, so there are non-believers. But don't but this giant robot. Yeah. The kids still believe. The kids still believe. But the majority of people don't. Right. So that's the giant is, yeah. how we are today. Sure, sure. <laughs> the giant is persecuted and is hunted by outside forces. The giant saves others and sacrifices his life. The giant resembles its, reassembles itself, uh, i.e. resurrection. It sounds like every Godzilla movie I've ever seen. But you said that he says that we're not worth helping anymore in the Well, well n- n- that was my interpretation. Okay. That's why I was, was like, the is giant- this a story telling us we're not worth saving? <laughs> well, no. 
because they completely ignored Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think that, um, I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus rises up yeah. for those who accept him. Right, right. He's there. For those who don't, you know, yeah. there, there it is. Okay. So there's the Iron Giant. Two years later, Harry Potter. Another movie I haven't seen. Everybody is into that. <laughs> Everyone but Reg is into Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, well, but, I'm but, not really But we're going to make him watch it, and then he will, <laughs> seen some of it. He will be yeah. in the cult as well. So Harry is referred to as the Chosen One. <laughs> he carries a stick like a cross. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that magic wand. Harry sacrifices himself in the Forbidden Forest, from what I hear. Yes. Crucifixion, Resurrection. Only Harry can defeat Voldemort. It's true. Didn't he have like a little birthmark that said he was special? Yes, oh. a little birthmark. He yeah. had a big lightning thing right oh, across his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. He, has to, he has to train himself. He has to um, connect, I guess. He has a father himself. figure. Oh, there you go. You know, Dumbledore. Okay. You know. Yeah. I, <laughs> or also, you know, kind of a John the Baptist kind of Very nice. character. Yeah. Um, there's snakes in there, which ah. we associate with yeah, Satan, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, temptation. and temptation. Who, yeah. And it, strangely enough, though, the snakes mm-hmm. kind of represent, um, they, you know, like in, in British prep schools, they have different houses in ah. prep schools. And the snake school is called Slytherin, mm-hmm. and um, for the snakes, yeah. and the guy on uh, who is the head of that, mm-hmm. that group um, He's actually redeemed at the end. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Very nice. He, he's characterized as an evil character. Yeah. Um, a fallen angel. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So that's my list. Um, did you guys have any lists? I all? did not make a list okay. because I worked like 11 hour days. <laughs> that's okay. Day this week. But did you think but of any movies that. I, I mostly thought of books. Okay. So I, I read a lot. Uh-huh. And um, I. I've always read C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, and they were part of a literary group at Oxford called the Inklings. Mm-hmm. And T.S. Eliot was also part of this group, and they would get together and, and have little, you know, debates about Christianity. Mm. And they, would in, they actually even challenged each other to incorporate Christian themes in their, in their works. Mm-hmm. And so, luckily for us... Out of, out of that challenge, we get The Hobbit, mm-hmm. we get um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, just wonderful, epic stories about the common man's quest for redemption yeah. and, and the salvation of whatever that world's mankind is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and so take, I, the taking on by a authority by the weaker, yes. seemingly weaker, weaker helpless yeah. person exactly. that never, ever do it. And there's usually one, one item that, 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 that they have to find. It's almost exactly. is very much of the, um, the Knights Templar, finding yes, the Holy Grail. Yes, the search for the Holy Grail, yeah. almost the ring. Yeah. Um, and then in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, you have Aslan, the, the, mm-hmm. the lion who's the Christ figure who gets yeah. sacrificed. Speaking of which, I forgot about The Lion King. That's another miss. Yeah, oh, yeah, we talked about that a yeah. little bit before, The mm-hmm. Lion King. There's also a lot of books um, by Ted Decker, who is a contemporary Christian writer who I read a lot, mm-hmm. who um, he has the Circle Trilogy, and it is about a prophet mm-hmm. who goes and, and saves the world. And, and there are d- two different strains, strains of mankind, mm-hmm. one, ones with sores on their flesh or mud mm-hmm. on their flesh, and ones without, and, and the ones with the scars um, and scabs on their flesh can be bathed in a pool of blood, of red. Mm. Not blood, but red water. 
and then be born again with their skin clean and clear. Wow. Um, it's really a wonderful trilogy, and I'm actually, he started a second trilogy, which I just started, mm. uh, in the same world. Yeah. And, and when you go to sleep in our world, mm-hmm. that's when you wake up in this other world. Oh, cool. um, it, it's, I, I really love Ted Decker. He's, he's a great um, author. He writes other kinds of books, too, mm-hmm. but um, I, I really enjoy his Christian writing. Very because there's sci- sci-fi in nature, yeah, really. and, I, and I like sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, check out Ted Decker. Yeah. He also writes another uh, series where our angels are here among us, and they're soldiers, mm-hmm. and they're protecting us from, from demons. Yeah, well, I like that. Well, Constantine, I think that's yes. the movie with Keanu yeah. Reeves that talks about that. Yes, and someday we'll have the angel, demon, Satan conversation <laughs> that Craig, Craig doesn't want to yes. have. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll have it. I, uh, yeah. I've never been into fantasy anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like the all that angel devil stuff just kind of cracks me up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I remember the TV. Wasn't there a TV Touched by an Angel? There was. Oh, God. Yeah. Touched by an Angel, where, but that was more... God asking people to do things. Oh, okay, a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. Michael, and that was Michael, Michael Landon uh-huh. um, and Della Reese and Roma oh, Downey. Uh, yeah, those right. were all happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I think what I see a lot and what I wanted to point out from your list as well is uh-huh. in the literature that I read, because I do read a lot of, I read a lot of sci-fi and a lot of murder mysteries, mm-hmm. is that there is an this messianic theme is in sci-fi so much mm-hmm. because sci-fi gives you the opportunity to bring in mysticism and magic and all of those those mm-hmm. elaborate things yeah. to help tell a messianic story. Um, because our lists don't have a lot of average Joe guy yeah. going through a regular day. Mm-hmm. Although Prayer for Owen Meany, I would say, mm-hmm. um, is a book and a movie that mm-hmm. is, is similar to that. But they... The best messianic stories that people are flocking to, I find, in our culture, mm-hmm. are those sci-fi stories. I think so. Like and Star Wars. And, and, and I think it ties in with what Greg was saying. And I really do agree. I think that people, if they are skeptical because of organized religion, mm-hmm. they don't want to go to church. They don't want to pay tithes. They are skeptical of, you know, the preacher. And, you know, where's my money going to when I put pay my tithes and offerings, right. they will go to a movie theater and watch something that they want to believe in. But I don't think they're consciously saying, Exactly. I, I, I'm missing faith in my life. I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to go to the movies. I have to ask myself. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of took on a different idea about what we were going to talk about yeah. this week because I don't really know all of these movies and books and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm interested in, in what's happening now and why. People are needing this. Yeah, that's like, a, that was the whole purpose. Yeah, needing yeah, this exactly. food. You know exactly. Yeah. That's kind of. And I, I looked back at some scripture and found, you know, that the apostles were following Christ and He was the Messiah. And he kept asking, "Well, who, who do you think I am?" Who people say, "I am." And they're like, "You're the Messiah." And He, and he tells them what's going to happen to them, and then they suddenly, you know, don't don't believe Him anymore mm-hmm. because I think they have this idea exactly that He's going to topple all the political structure and change everything in their yeah, lives. Right that now. would be the Superman. We, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's a much more kind of esoteric. Mm-hmm. It's going to say, no, I'm going to try and take the fear out of your lives. I'm not just, I'm not here just to like kick a king out. Mm-hmm. I'm here to try to pull the fear out of your lives, to pull 
you up so that you can help each other. Yeah. And and I think we look at these kind of you know fantasy things, and it's kind of like in a way it kind of does mm-hmm. kind of inspire and make us feel like oh my god we mm-hmm. are all connected. Oh my god, you know. But 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 there's something a part of it that's still just too passive. There there is a you problem. Know, we're watching a mm-hmm. we're watching a movie or we're we're reading a book. I mean, yeah, it it is engaging, mm-hmm. but it's not quite engaging enough. Well, one of the you problems know? with because messianic themes in movies are, are I think, are wonderful entertainment. Thing, but the problem is, it can't take the place of true Christianity and true religion and true faith because that's it an is action passive. verb. Exactly. You know, yeah. Because one of the one of the things that are missing in all of these messianic themes is that someone else is the protagonist. Someone else is saving the day. Not us. It's getting us closer, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. It's getting us closer. And I'm glad that people are embracing it. And I'm glad that we can see these kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's not this disconnect between the themes. I mean, when we talk about these books that you're very passionate about, and these fantasy movies that you're very passionate about, I mean, it's as if we're kind of like, you know, tying the threads together between that kind of idea, you know, as far as uh, yeah. a fiction. And then... And a, and a kind of Christian yeah. idea. And then we got to attach ourselves to it. I think it's getting us closer to asking. I mean, one of the things that kind of asked me when I, when I you know, kind of pull myself into those stories, when I pull myself into Bible stories, uh-huh. um, is like, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of that's keeping me from, you know, actually fulfilling my Christ-like role, which is to go out and defy authority? And be the underdog, and take on evil, and improve the lives of others. And what am I afraid of? And that makes me want to ask Jesus, "What am I afraid of?" Mm-hmm. Well, and don't tell me, <laughs> what, what am I afraid Joe to ask yeah. Jesus? You know, and, we, and we talked about you know, Matthew eight twenty six. This is when Jesus is on the water, and he walks on the water. We, you and I talked about this. We had another podcast. Uh, uh, we went through all about you exactly. Yeah. And Jesus says, "You have little faith." Why are you so afraid? He then got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, yeah. and it was perfectly calm. The men were amazed, and that's what kind of man is this? Yeah. Even the winds and the sea obey him. That's Matthew eight twenty six, where Jesus is, you know, he, that's like that messianic thing, but he's basically saying, what are you afraid of? You can do the exact same thing if you have faith. Yeah. And that's what all of these, the theme of all of these, Plot lines is, is exactly. that you are a normal guy, mm-hmm. you, you know, this, this kid, yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can overcome adversity. Exactly. And people need to hear that. It's the steps they need to. It's one of the steps they need to take towards yeah. doing that, whether they're Christian or whatever. And yeah. sometimes the way to overcome that is you believe in the, the talents of yourself. You rely on the talents of your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you touch the force. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> right. And use that mm-hmm. and imbue that spirit in yourself in, yeah. in order to overcome. Yeah. Drink the potion. You take yeah. the pill. Whatever. So, so here's, a, here's a quick question for you guys that haven't thought of it. Is it healthy? Is it healthy to have these messianic themes? Oh, yeah. You think it is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think stories are how we tell each other about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's how so. we, it, I think it how, it's how we deepen our relationship to open us up to other mm-hmm. ideas, to other people, you know, to yeah. things that we normally would say, like, no, I want to build a fence there, and I don't want to, no. I don't like you. Well, I you mean, know, Jesus I'm told used not to like you parables yeah. that yeah. related to the people that he was talking to. Mm-hmm. So, this, uh, to me, these stories are other kinds of parables. Yeah. They're not as direct. Right. 
But do you worry that people will use this to replace? I think they have. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't have a worry about it because I, th- I, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. how co- religion is depicted in our pop culture is because I think it has replaced our mm-hmm. our faith. Yeah, I, I think that pop culture has taken on the role of training us what our morality is. Yeah, what do you think, Craig? I mean, do you think it's it's a danger to yeah. have what's a danger to, to have pop culture give us our faith or our spiritual beliefs instead of us going to church or going to the Bible? Well, you know, I mean, it depends on on on, on how you use it. I mean, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, for what it is, it's entertainment. If it inspires you to do something and 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 take on those kind of uh, mm-hmm. ideas of which I think ultimately are kind of Christ-like, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sacrifice, to help others, to, yes. to work for good, yeah. to, to not make friends with evil and oppression. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that, I mean, when, you know, when, when I try to reach and pray for my connection and relationship with God and Christ, mm-hmm. you know what I do, um, I get surprised. I get surprised. I mean, I get things I'm not expecting. I'm like I'm like those stupid apostles who think like, you know, Christ is one thing, but he's but he's not what you think. He's, you can't define it. You can't you cannot you know sit there and, and say he he's smaller than what he is. He's just going to solve your problems. You're, he's he's going to challenge you. Yeah. To be a to be more than yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each, each and every time. And, and yeah. so if people draw inspiration from fantasy to do that, or if they draw inspiration from Christianity to do that, mm-hmm. they're still doing what they should be doing. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I but do they get to that point? I think if you get lost in it or yeah. just, you know, yeah. just just use it to kind of insulate yourself from, from, you know, the things that you're afraid of, well, that's another thing. What do you think, Reg? What do I think? I think it depends on the person. I think uh, there are some people who walk into a movie theater, they just want to be entertained, well, sure. and they just want it to be passive. I think they do. Uh, one of the positives of movies like that is that, you know, we, we've seen so many times in the news where people are looking for destructive things. Let's say they look at a Scarface or a Rambo, and they're like, oh, guns are cool. That's what I want to do. And, you know, they, they create destruction. But then there are some people who are looking for peace. They're looking for a peacemaker or someone who sets an example for peace, a Christ-like figure. And so they can come out of the movie theater saying, hey, I want to be like Neo or I want to be like Luke Skywalker. I want to be like Coffee sure. from the Green Mile, right. the ability to heal. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And they walk out of it. They walk out of it a little imbued. A little I mean, I go to church every day and take the sacrament. And, you know, I'm drinking... You know, wine and, and, and eating bread, and mm-hmm. and suddenly, you know, I have to go. It, it does this transformation and becomes, you know, the embodiment of God. And for a minute, or for the, I guess for a week, mm-hmm. I don't know the shelf life of it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, suddenly I'm imbued with with the the pureness and the community of everyone around me is doing the same thing of God. I mean, it's a belief mm-hmm. <laughs> that you. That you want to believe. We're all actors. We've been on the stage. We believe that when we're doing our communication with each other and the audience, and there's this, there's this connection. Sure. There's this energy yeah. that transfers back and forth. I mean, some people may be asleep. 
And some people <laughs> may hopefully not. Some yeah. people may just be there to be yeah. entertained. Some people may just want a sip of wine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, but but we hope yeah. that throughout this, you know, interaction mm-hmm. with, with, you know, in, in the, I'm talking about in the theater. Sure. That, that, there's, that there is this connection. And yeah. I think a lot of people go to movies and, and read books in hopes to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. grab that emotional connection, even if it's, you know, intellectual yeah. at first. Yeah, sure. You know. So, yeah, I don't. You know, yeah, it can be very passive, and yeah, it can be useless. It could be destructive, yeah, like Rambo or whatever. Yeah, but um, but there's a possibility that it will bring you closer. Yeah, as well. So yeah. you know how we when last week we talked about what did we learn about God? Mm-hmm. What did we learn about Jesus from these? Well, if you, if you yeah, what, what just you? just from the movies, I think. Well, I, I think it's a hopeful thing. I think that with these messianic themes, people are looking people. Have I wonder about people's spirituality? If people have a hunger for spirituality, people pay attention to spirituality. I think that people still believe, in their own little way, they still believe uh, in a a messianic figure that can sort of save the day. They believe that there is an outside spirit that can imbue people to do great things. Oh yeah. Um, whether they don't overt, whether they believe overtly in Jesus Christ, as they believe in Roswell, or they call, sure. it they call it something else. They call it something else. They call it energy. Or when I think it. about the cosplay yeah. folks, you know, people who want to be Luke Skywalker and who want to be Neo, they want to be the superheroes who can save the day. They want to be in, in, invoke goodness in mankind. Yeah, so that's a wonderful thing. I would hope that they connected eventually to a real faith, a real Christianity, because I don't know if you can sustain wanting to be Neo and Paul of Atreides or whatever throughout your day-to-day activities. I don't no, know if sometimes that's you're going to be My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think that people, there is, you know, people are connected, whether they know it or not, to their faith. So I, that's what I get out of these I think they yearn for it. Otherwise, yeah. would, why would these things be so popular? Right? Exactly. No, yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, you know, these movies make millions upon millions of dollars. So yeah, yeah, would, yeah. do, the advertisers don't do a crapshoot on this. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Well, um, some other books. I'm just going to throw out some sure. other books uh, before we close out because mm-hmm. I feel like we've rounded this up. Yeah, we've gone Check out yeah. A Prayer for Owen Meany. Check out Catcher in the Rye. That's Irving, right? John Irving. Yes. Okay. The first one. Um, yeah, there's there's so many books where Christian themes are, mm-hmm. and and for those of you who do like reading, um, you should read the Bible because almost every book that you pick up will reference it. Absolutely. Somehow, and you'll really have a more rich mm-hmm. um, understanding of that what the author is trying to say if you understand all the references. Mm-hmm. And I would even say if you go and watch some of these movies that we've mentioned, and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that. Go to the Bible or, you know, go to Wikipedia and say, what does the Bible say about this? You know, try to catch these references. And I would say talk to somebody who's not necessarily a religion of yourself. Talk to someone who's Islamic. Talk to someone mm-hmm. who grew up in the Hebrew faith. Try and find out that the reasons why spirituality and connectiveness and all these all these things have a, have a continuity mm-hmm. with each other. They speak to each other. Mm-hmm. And when they do and when you do, it's going to be a nicer world. Yep. You know, it's going to be, a, and, and you'll be smarter because of it. Yep. And more enriched. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So what's our, Craig, you'll be up next. Uh, what do you think we'll be focusing on? Uh, well, right now, uh, in Bible study, we're going plowing through Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so it'll be something in Mark. F- f- also, uh, coming up 
uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, uh, uh, we've been rounding out the, the season of creation. Mm-hmm. And oh. coming up is the animal, St. Francis. Uh, and, I'm, going and to, I'm going to Assisi. You are? Yes. Okay, so that's a big deal, and it's a, it's a big love-in mm-hmm. with lots of, lots of pets and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, um, uh, and, you know, and as winter approaches, you know, and fall approaches, it's kind of nice to have something like that, something warm mm-hmm. to speak with. Warm and fuzzy. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, it could be that. Mm-hmm. It could be more. Okay. You know, we'll see Stay how it goes. Stay tuned. All right. Who's going to close us out in I prayer? Will. I will. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share our, our faith and our community with our listeners and each other. Um, please um, shed your umbrella of protection and love over all of our friends and family. Um, please especially look out for the children who are being persecuted around the world today and the women who are facing adversity. Um, Lift up your men and and have them do the right thing um, for women and children around the world. Obviously, I'm thinking of certain news items today. Um, Please give us faith and let us walk in your word every day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I'd also like to add a special special prayer out there for Reverend Catherine. Uh, She's in the hospital right now in Stanford. Hopefully, she'll be out by her 84th birthday, and we're going to have a big uh, New Orleans Creole potluck oh, for her birthday, and uh, something she does every year. And I, and I, I just want God to, uh, to give her uh, comfort and healing and know that we want her there. And lend her your strength. And, and so, so bless you, Reverend Catherine, and, and God bless you for blessing her. In Christ's name, thank you. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to add a little oh, yeah. as well. For the victims of um, the hurricane, um, sure, I forgot what the hurricane is, but, you know, the folks Florence. in North Carolina, Hurricane Florence in North Carolina, there are folks, I think the death toll is uh, 17 now, and we just uh, hope and pray, not just for those who, the families who have lost uh, loved ones there, but also the folks who are displaced, and we hope that you recover quickly, and that, um, you know, our federal government will do the, do the right thing, and uh, have a speedy recovery, and that people will, you know, uh, very quickly get on with their lives and they can recover from this uh, natural disaster. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. And here's my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, that's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Reg Space Clay, and D.L. Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible's been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, Go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening. God bless.